I'm 100% worthy and valuable and lovable now. And that to me is the very definition of self-kindness. I believe every person deserves kindness in their lives. I believe kindness has the power to change us from the inside out, to change the world beginning with you and me. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Self-Kindness, Self-Kindness with Pete. It's about figuring out how kindness towards ourselves can be our superpower, how kindness is more than just a reward at the end of the day. It's about living clear lives, focused lives, motivated by loving concern, rather than motivated by fear and anxiety. It's about how we make that change. How does self-kindness show up the moment we need it the most? You are so worthy of the kindness that's already in you. And each week, we'll be exploring how to do that with people who are leading this kindness awakening in their own lives. My name is Pete Sibley, and I'm so grateful you're here. Hello, and welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete. I am Pete Sibley, recording this for the third time because for some reason I can't pronounce my name today. But I did it, and here we go. So, as always, how's it going? Thrilled that you are here with me listening to a podcast that focuses on exploring what is this thing, self-kindness. Where do we get it right? Where can we grow? How can it serve us? You know, some words that I'm hearing interchangeably right now out there in, in the world around self-kindness is self-compassion. You know, same, same. Self-love, same, same. That one's hard for a lot of us. Uh, self-acceptance. My guest today I am super excited about. She is a life coach uh, for adults with ADHD. And, you know, self-acceptance is a big part of that work. So we had a lot of fun talking and comparing notes between uh, just how self-acceptance is self-kindness and self-kindness is self-acceptance. But how are you doing today? What are you noticing? What are your feelings? What are you telling yourself? Are you giving space to ask what is my opinion here? You know, especially this is, if you're listening to this as it comes out, it's uh, recording this during election time in the U.S. And, you know, what is your opinion? Uh is watching the news, does that support you? Does that help you? And, you know, just notice what comes up. I've talked with a lot of friends who have emotions around anger and emotions of feeling sad. Or, you know, some people are just saying they're over it already. And, you know, part of self-kindness is noticing that our emotions and our reactions might be appropriate? And are we getting really close to seeing where and why those are coming up? You may have heard me say a lot on this podcast that it begins by taking that inner journey. 
And election time in the United States is a great time because it is so easy to say them, 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 them. But we notice the patterns in our lives. And if things keep showing up, if the same thing keeps upsetting us, um, I'm going to invite you to drop the them and take a look at you. What is it that you need? What is your desire? What are your opinions? You know, usually in the work that I do with my clients, if it is feeling like they're feeling powerless or they're feeling resentful and they're looking outside at them and what they think of 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 my client that I'm working with what we begin to notice is that there is something inside that we're not giving ourselves hmm you know, my self-kindness journey has really brought me in close with trusting Pete. That is something that I've mentioned in the past and uh, will continue to mention. But, you know, the thing that triggers you, the thing that you always feel like comes up for you, like, that's how it works. Self-kindness is not some overnight thing where it's just bam and we got it. It's... uh. It's coming to it again and again, and life will bring it to you again and again. So self-kindness, self-acceptance, self-compassion is about growing your capacity, your willingness, your willingness to meet it, to sit with it, to allow it. And from that place, trusting the simple directions the next steps inside of you and so how can you best support yourself to do that well my answer has been this practice this kindness practice it's led me to begin working with uh, people asking for help and that i believe has made all the difference because there was a time in my life where i really really needed the help and I could not ask for it I didn't feel deserving of it I didn't feel worthy of it I didn't feel like I could pay for it I felt like if I admitted it then that meant it was true and on and on it goes and I am so grateful that some glimmer of kindness took hold in my life And for me, that was by doing self-inquiry over and over and over again and getting to know my mind and how it worked. And it continues to pay dividends, my self-kindness work. I recently was uh, learned that uh, I have ADHD, a brand new diagnosis, four and a half decades into my life. (laughs) And... Learning that about myself, maybe at another time in my life, could have produced a different reaction. But now I was so excited to learn about my ADHD, and I've begun treating it, and it is making a world of difference. And reaching out and working with therapists and doctors, and now working with a coach, actually a coach that is 
on my podcast today. You know, all of this to say, what's it doing in my life? And the greatest reward came to me the other night. You know, Ann and I, my wife Ann and I, we were getting ready for bed and, you know, doing our nighttime stuff. And I was in the bedroom and putting something away in the closet, chatting with Ann. And there was kind of this pause and, and she just simply said, you know, you're really happy right now, aren't you? And yes, yes, I am. You know, it's a capacity to meet what's coming up in me. It's that's learning how to sustain that over time. Like my guest, Dr. Palin Kesseberg talked about a couple episodes ago. That's what we're doing here. That is the immense value in asking for help, in giving yourself the tools and the support, whether it's therapy or whether it's coaching, the work that I'm doing with people in my multi-month self-kindness coaching. That's what I'm offering. That's what I'm going out and, and getting in my life. And that's what I want for all of you. If you're in a great place, amazing. Keep doing that. But if you could benefit from that, if you are ready for that change, if you are simply over it already, I invite you to reach out. Find that person. If you want to find out more about what I'm doing, go to petesibley.com coaching or check out the link in the show notes and do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You won't regret it. And today, my guest is an amazing life coach for adults with ADHD. So before we get into introducing her, a quick message from some great people who embody kindness in this local Central California coast area where I am. Self-Kindness with Pete is supported by Union Yoga Monterey. They're now offering beach yoga classes at the Tides Hotel if you're here locally in Monterey. And you can sign up for all of this at unionyoga-monterey.com. So I'm loving it. Thank you, Union Yoga. Thanks for your support. Self-Kindness with Pete is supported and caffeinated by Captain and Stoker Coffee Roasters, located at 398 East Franklin Street in Monterey, California. And if you're not local, you can hop on captainandstoker.com and order up a bag, brew up a cup today. So why don't you love on them a little bit? They're great supporters of Self-Kindness with Pete. Grab a great cup of coffee. Thanks, Captain and Stoker. So my guest today is Kristen Carter. Kristen Carter is a life coach for adults with ADHD. She's the happy mom of three rascally boys and head over heels in love wife of a preacher. Kristen hosts the I Have ADHD podcast, where she shares the humor and challenges of adulting with ADHD. Kristen's passion is to help people in the ADHD community reach their potential and she spends the majority of her time and energy doing that. 
We'll talk more about how you can find out about Kristen and her coaching program at the end of this podcast and how to hang out with her on Instagram. I'm so excited that Kristen is here today, and I know you're really going to enjoy this conversation around self-kindness, self-acceptance, and loving ourselves through the goods and the bads. (laughs) Here she is, Kristen Carter. So welcome, Kristen Carter, to Self-Kindness with Pete. I couldn't be more thrilled to have you on as my guest today. And would you tell us a little bit about you and why did you say yes to talking about self-kindness today? Well, hi, Pete. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on your podcast. I'm so glad to be here. Um, A little bit about me. I am a wife and a mother of three. I have three Hmm. rascally boys, um, 12, 10, and 6. We live on the East Coast. I'm in uh, Pennsylvania, about an hour outside of Philadelphia. I've always been an East Coast girl, um, and I am currently a life coach for adults with ADHD, and I also host a podcast as well. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. And so that's a lot. Just being a mom <laughs> of three boys is plenty. Um, yeah, it's loud. Very loud. Yeah. I'm the youngest of three boys. So I know oh that. Oh my goodness, ha- I had no household. idea. Yeah. Oh so I, I was the little mama's boy. I love it. Um, but so why self-kindness today? You know, there's so much that you're offering to the world. Um, how did was I able to pull you away to to chat about self-kindness today? Well, what I am finding with myself and with my clients is that any kind of transformation that we want to obtain in our lives really has to start from a place of self-acceptance. And I really Mm. think that self-kindness and self-acceptance are synonymous. Mm -hmm. Um, Really accepting who you are, who God's created you to be, how you show up in the world, what makes you tick, um, and even your flaws, you know, the things that you do that you wish you didn't do, all of that makes you who you are. And until we can really accept who we are, we cannot change who we are. And I am in the business, honestly, of helping people change and make improvements. And all of the efforts that we put into that really have to start with self-kindness, self-acceptance, really acknowledging that who I am right now is just totally fine. And who I want to be is going to be amazing, but I will not be any more worthy, any more valuable, any more lovable when I become that person who I want to be. I'm 100% worthy and valuable and lovable now. And that, to me, is the very definition of self-kindness. I love it. I mean, you're good. My next question was going to be, what is your definition of self-kindness? And (laughs) you were there. And I love, Kristen, that you started with Um, self-acceptance. I find that's the work that I'm doing with a lot of people and myself. you know, even the flaws, like, could you unpack that a little bit for us? Like, what did that journey look like for you? And what does that journey look like for so many people that you, you help? 
Hmm. You know, even the flaws, like that's self-acceptance, that's self-kindness. Yeah, I I think we are really programmed to want to reject our flaws and mm. to want to resist them and cover them up. And um, we just feel so much shame, uh, especially a, an adult who has a neurodivergent brain, you know, trying to fit into a world where you just don't think the way that everybody else thinks. And so it's very uncomfortable. And um, all of the quote unquote normal things that come easily for people, or even maybe don't necessarily come easily, but it's just a lot harder. And so those flaws, I think, throughout childhood and messaging in school and, you know, even work and family, it's just we really develop a lot of shame around mm. those flaws. And so I think that what is most has been most helpful to me has been acknowledging flaws and not mm. trying to paint them over with like glitter and make them pretty, mm-hmm. but really just um, understanding that the flaws don't make us a bad person. They just mm. make us human, right? Mm. So it doesn't mm. mean that um, a flaw – like nobody is perfect. And so when I mess up, that doesn't mean anything about me other than I am human. Mm. And when I really began to incorporate that into my own thought process and help my clients do the same, that began to transform everything for us because Previously, when I had, let's say, lost my keys or lost my credit card, which actually I did this weekend. I lost my credit card, totally thought that I had left it at the grocery store because I had like just taken my like tiny wallet in that fits in my tiny purse. I don't know if you have a tiny purse, Pete, but like women, we have like the big purse or the tiny purse. So it was like I had the tiny purse with the tiny wallet this time. And I had like a bunch of things in my hands because an adhd is never going to grab a grocery cart. I'm like, nah, I can do it. I don't need a grocery <laughs> cart. So I just like go in. I'm like, I can right. totally do this. I'm a million things in my hands. And it was the last time I remembered using my card. And so I thought I had um, left it there. And so the next day, I, I canceled all my call cards. I was like, mm-hmm. I just need to cancel them. And then like two hours later, I found my cards. on my bed of all places. Why were they on my bed? I have no idea. And (laughs) prior to this work, I would have really gone into a shame spiral with this. Like Mm. it was hard Mm. work Mm -hmm. to cancel the cards. It's annoying to have to wait for the new cards. It's going to be annoying to like set up all of the, you know, all the auto payments and all of that, like changing the card numbers and all that. And I would have just really beat myself up and let it let it ruin my night or my day, but also I would have made it mean that I'm dumb or I Mm. would have made it mean Mm -hmm. that I just can't function in the world like other people can Mm. or I Mm. would have made it mean something about me. And now after doing this work – and I mean I'm still in the process of the work, right? Like we never complete it. But having this as a part of my life, I – I can just acknowledge that that was a flaw and not have all the drama 
where I make it mean something bad about me. So Mm. it's like, shoot, that sucks. That was a mistake. Dang. You know, like Mm. I wish I don't have to change all my cards over when I – I'm literally actually looking at them right now because they're they're right here, which Mm. why are they here? I'm not sure why they're (laughs) now on my desk. Anyway, so like what does – what do I want to make that mean about me? I just mean like it was a mistake and humans make mistakes. And then I move on so much quicker and I can just kind of carry on with my day rather than getting trapped in a failure and shame spiral. Mm-hmm. Boy, yeah. Oh my goodness. So much in there. And well, first of all, my my mind immediately went to, I thought that was you know, more of a, a masculine thing. Like I'm going to run through this grocery store and not <laughs> grab a cart. Uh, and I no also way, man. I also noticed that as a as a recently newly diagnosed ADHD or maybe I had the double whammy that I'm just gonna I do that all the time in the grocery store. I love but, it. So you know what you uh, I mean you speak about it now um, from from a place that's somebody who's living it, but I know for all of us like this is this is it's like a learning that we need to go through. To not make, I think I think the way that you said it was was really uh, unique, and I'm hearing it a different way when you say, you know, not making that experience mean something. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the work that I do, it's like the way that I label it is not attaching to that thought or that belief. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, it's the same thing. You know, I might have the thought. Oh, Pete, you're an idiot because you left your credit card in the store. Right. And, you know, that that's just a thought that travels in. If I attach to it, if I make that mean something about me, then I notice how my life unfolds totally differently than if I just acknowledge it, accept that I'm a human, and sometimes I do that. 100%. Um, so I know you're you're not... Like you don't, you're not a guru and you don't have all the answers, but it comes to me to ask because you've had this conversation with so many people, why do you think that shame is such, it's such a hip thing. It's so popular out there. Why do you Mm. think shame and embarrassment is such a a go-to for a lot of people? Oh, that's such a good question. So I am a person of faith, and I truly believe that we are living in a flawed world. I think it's just our human condition. And um, so my answer is really based around my worldview, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we're in a world where it is not perfect. And we are people who have been born into this flawed system. And so um, I think that shame and embarrassment is just a part of living in this flawed, sinful world. And I think the work of our lives, you know, honestly, like as a Christian, in my mind, like the work of our lives is connecting to God and and 
getting rid of that shame, but on a broader sense, it's like connecting with ourselves. And Mm -hmm. really, again, it goes back to self-kindness, like being able to see ourselves for who we really are through the lens of you're a child of God instead of through the lens of you're a stupid idiot who can't remember Mm -hmm. anything and why do you do everything wrong, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. I really think is our default, you know? And so um, that's my kind of off the cuff answer. I think that shame and embarrassment are just a huge part of our human condition. And I think really for all of us, the work that we will continue to do until the day that we die is is connecting with the truest parts of ourselves that allow us to shed off those layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because the way that you just said that, in my mind, I started to hear it as, you know, how better can, can I really learn um, to shed that than to really walk through it first. Yeah. To really believe on some level that it's true. And then to witness it being, uh, you know, shed, uh, whatever that that great language that you use, Mm. um, you know, in in your journey, um, deepening that relationship with with God. Yeah. And a guest that I recently had on was talking about, you know, we're born in, without that training, but we're trained by the people in the world around us because we're all, you know, (laughs) we're all training what we know. Yeah. Well, I love that off the cuff answer. (laughs) I think it gives a lot of room for, this is a journey. It's Mm -hmm. not a, it's not a mistake that we are doing it this way. And that can, I don't know, in a way that's helping me to -hmm. remember that something we can embrace and and even be kind in that way too so yeah and and seeing it in all humans like this when i really began to understand that this is how everyone feels like it's not just me mm. and so many times when someone is coming at me with like unkind words or actions so often it's because they're operating from this place as well. And mm. and that helps me to have compassion for people. Even right. people who I perceive as having hurt me, it helps me to have compassion because I know what it's like to feel shame. I know what it's like to feel embarrassment. I know what it's like to feel completely flawed. And so when someone else – I also know what it's like to hurt people, right? Like me hurting mm. other people. So mm-hmm. when that is directed at me, of course, there's the initial like clean pain of the sting. But then there's also in my work of like developing compassion for this person and and some sort of like understanding where it's like that really sucked and I did not enjoy that experience. But also I know what it's like to operate from a place of shame or fear or regret or, mm. you know, and and when I do, I usually hurt people. And so, yeah, I kind of understand how that could happen. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you learned your willingness to to allow yourself to be so honest? No. <laughs> because it just seems like what I love and what I I know just attracts me to 
just how you share yourself mm-hmm. in the world is that authenticity. Like it mm-hmm. just, it's just so real and it's unapologetic unapologetically real mm. not in a you know a brazen way but where did that come from for you that is such a kind compliment thank you um i would say that it is of course like part nature and part nurture so i do mm. think that i was just born to tell the truth um, I think that is one of the reasons why I was put on this planet, which is so mm-hmm. weird to think about. Um, but I really do think that that is just part of my calling is to be someone who tells the truth. And so when I – what that means for me personally is showing up in my weakness and you know, telling stories like, yeah, I lost my license and and then I – I mean, I lost my – credit cards and then I had to cancel them and then I found them, you know. And then on the Mm -hmm. flip side of that, like I'm also running a multiple six-figure business. Like being able to show like the the rawness of the human experience I do think is just kind of the way that I was, um, I don't know, created, whatever. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. also my dad, like I am a chip off the old block and my Mm -hmm. dad is very much the same and has is a truth teller as well, has always encouraged me to be someone who tells the truth, maybe not even with his words, but by always telling me the truth and by mm. always being very real and always modeling that um, unapologetically, sometimes to his own detriment, <laughs> to the detriment mm. of others, mm. right? Mm. Um, but I would say if I had to choose a person, it would for sure be my dad. He is just... Um, I just love him so much and you guys would love him too. Like, let's get him on here. He's the best. (laughs) But he also has ADHD and, um, and didn't get diagnosed until he was like 47 or 50 or something like that. Mm. And it was after his diagnosis that I was diagnosed, um, because of his diagnosis and he's dyslexic and he has a PhD. So it's just like, He's just the most amazing person. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do the hard things uh, through the struggle of ADHD and dyslexia and still come out the other side with a doctoral degree is like what in the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just amazing. But anyway, I'm just bragging on him because I love him. <laughs> but I would say he taught me to tell the truth. Yeah, that was definitely the nurture part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean – to, to hear a story is is super inspiring. Mm. And I think it's each aspect, I think, of our lives is developed or is grown and nurtured to, to really, like you said, this is what you were put here on the planet to do. Yeah. Um, because I've watched you in action. Um, I get to have mm-hmm. the privilege to be part of your coaching community, which will... Yeah. We'll, we'll share at the end of this and it'll be in the show notes how people can learn more. Um, and what I notice is that truth um, ability serves in helping others find it. Mm. So it's like, you know, I can hear somebody talking with you and you might be coaching them and that truth ability might ask them to really honestly get in touch with well, what's that emotion that's coming mm. up right now? Or, you know, I hear you're saying this, but um, 
you know, really find out, is that what you're thinking and believing right now? Mm. So, so I love how, and that's one thing that I just want to share with the listeners as I'm saying it to you is that when we do our own work, it can't help but be something that becomes of service in the world. So Mm, I love it. Yeah. I, I agree that helping people to understand the truth about themselves, I think is such an amazing component of what we get to do as coaches. And Mm. what's so amazing, let's just not overuse the word amazing. Okay, Kristen. Okay. I won't. Great. Cool. Um, What is really interesting is that I haven't always shown up as someone who could tell the truth because I had a lot of people-pleasing tendencies in me. Mm. And I Mm. had a lot of wanting kind of herd mentality, uh, wanting to fit in. But also, I think in order to really accept your own personal truth, you have to, at the very same time, be willing to accept other people's truths. You can't Mm. just accept your own and diminish or demean other people's truth. Mm. Does that Mm. make sense? And so Mm -hmm. I think there was a very long portion of my life where I didn't want to accept other people's truths as being valid. And that really kept me from accepting my own truth. And so I'll give you an example of that. Um, I just I just want to put an amen right there. Yeah. But yeah, cool. okay. Totally. So um, we're in election season right now, and I will not get political, I promise. But one of the things, uh, you know, it's kind of a marker. Like in the U.S., every four years, it's an election cycle. And so as someone with ADHD, I'm not really good with uh, time and remembering, you know, year to year to year. But I definitely remember like the election of 2016 and the election of 2012, right? So um, it's kind of like a nice little placeholder for me mentally. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm going to continue. So thinking back four years ago to the person that I was during the 2016 election, um, that version of me did not want to hear anyone else's truth. I didn't want to validate anyone else's opinion. I didn't want to see um, any value in what other people really thought about their candidate, the one that I wasn't going to vote for, right? Mm -hmm. And what I noticed so differently this cycle, four years later, is that even though I still don't agree, I am able to look and say, I see value in the reason why you're choosing to vote the way you are. I see your truth and I see why. Like I want to validate the reasons for why you're doing that. And that has allowed me, just that that shift in seeing what other people say is valid and true, it is the only way that I can see my own own feelings, my own thoughts as being valid and true. Mm, And mm. I think that's, that is very, that kept me really from seeing my own truth is not wanting to accept 
other people's truths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it's like on some level, not being able to hear somebody else's truth. The only reason why I can't allow another person's truth in is because I'm afraid that they might be right. Mm-hmm. Or I'm afraid, you know, there's there's some fear factor there. They may be right. I may not be able to set my own boundary. That's been my experience is that that inner work yeah. that conti- that you've done to validate you sounds like it, it goes back and forth. You validate the other, you validate you, you validate like, yes. you know, it, it seems like there is such a comfort level now in you to hear somebody else's opinion mm-hmm. and say, I hear that. And what's Kristen's opinion? Totally. Oh, okay. Like I'm comfy. I'm comfy both ways. Right. I may not agree, but. Yeah, I think there's really um, a very strong part of our brain that just wants everything to be black and white so that we can Mm. feel comfortable. And when we introduce some gray area, there's a lot of um, unease at first, which is why I think that so many people are are so – what's the word? Like very much, you know, this is the right way. There is no other way. And, and the thought of adding in like about what if this is also true? Like, can they, can there be two truths yeah. at the same time? There is fear in that. There, that is very uncomfortable. And, and again, I think it goes back to what do I make that mean about me? Like if mm-hmm. someone else is right, what am I going to make that mean about me, about my position, about my thoughts, about my mm-hmm. opinions? Um, can I make it mean that it's valid or do I have to make it mean that like, well, if they're right, then I'm wrong? Yeah, but two things. One thing I noticed though is I feel like we are drawn to the people who can take in mm. the hard comment and then you know find where it lands in them. You know, The people I feel like that I look up to the most are really secure in who they are. And in that way, they can hear hard truths and they're willing to take in uh, other opinions to really validate. Like, is that, you know, let me check that out that you might have a point there. Yeah. And second thing is what I love about the work that you offer to your community as a coach is the value of sitting in the uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, And you displayed that so well in one of your recent podcast episodes. And we'll also have the link to that so people can hear it where you got on. And most of the podcast was, Hey, you know, I'm sitting in the uncomfortable right now. And this is what it feels like. And guess what? It doesn't feel great, but I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I'm still, you know, I'm just going to, let this too, just just live in that and walking that for others to see. Mm. Yeah, I think that it's a lot easier to accept yourself when you realize that you're not supposed to feel good all of the time. <laughs> it's right. really hard to accept yourself when you think that you're supposed to feel good all the time. You're mm. supposed to be happy. Good people are grateful for their lives you know, all of these things that we, we think to be true, like 
if I were really satisfied with my life, then I would be happy. And so since mm. I'm not happy, I must not be satisfied. And wh- why am I not satisfied, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I have this beautiful life and these this beautiful family. So there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I should just be happier. And I think we assault ourselves on the regular for just having bad days, for being human, for not – being happy all the time for for being in a bad mood or for being irritable or um, for being depressed or fearful or anxious or whatever the case may be, like that is just part of it. That's just part of the human experience. And when I really began to understand that, then I stopped punching myself in the face on my bad days mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. instead started taking care of myself. Like, hey, what's up? How can I help mm-hmm. you? How can I help you today? I see you're struggling. What do we need to do? Do you mm-hmm. need a cup of coffee? Should we go back to bed? Like what is going on? Instead of, you know, what is wrong with you? You were so uh, productive yesterday. Why can't you be productive today? You shouldn't have stayed up so late and you shouldn't have had that glass of wine and you would be feeling a lot better mm-hmm. if you would just exercise, mm-hmm. which is I think what most of us do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that that's just so sweet. I mean, that that started to, you know, my eyes got really teary there because mm. I feel like this is such an exciting time. Mm. You know, twenty twenty is just oh my god, it's doing it to us. But it's such an exciting time that I feel like as humans, we're waking up to this possibility that we don't that self deprecation and self beat up it's not as powerful of a motivator as that that kindness like oh my gosh like hey you know what's up sweetheart do you need (laughs) another cup of coffee do you need to lie down again like and it's kind of nutsos but like I just had somebody forward uh another podcast where you know, science is showing that a self-compassionate approach is so much more effective in focus, in, you know, mental capacity, in like getting things done. Yes. And it's wild. And I had a scientist on this show uh, a while back who's studying sustained happiness. And they are showing that you know, it's not about that glittery all the time. It's Mm. sustained happiness is actually the ability to ride it all out. Mm. Like how big is your capacity to go up and down? That is sustained happiness. And in that more focus, higher amounts of creativity, more self-acceptance. So totally, I think you're onto it, Kristen. (laughs) I just love it. This is the best. I totally agree that like being able to be alive now, especially as a woman, it's like the best ever. I say to my husband all the time, like I am so glad to be alive now and not a hundred years ago. So, so, so (laughs) glad. So I just want to speak to your point of like self-compassion being more effective of a motivator. I like all psychologists know that we take action from our feelings. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why we don't teach this every day in school. Like, why Mm. didn't I come out of 
uh, elementary school, high school, five years of college, knowing that the way I feel matters. The way I feel really, really matters. And so if I'm spending my time beating myself up and I am sitting in shame and self-judgment, that is going to direct my action. And I promise you that action will never serve my greater good or the greater good of the people around me. And so knowing that emotion is the fuel in my gas tank. It's the fuel that powers my actions. That is everything for me. So Mm -hmm. when I am feeling that low, I just know, okay, this is going to inform my action. So let's just like really ride this out, but let's do it kindly. And when I'm feeling high, I'm just like, amazing. Let's go for it. Let's get it all done. But Mm -hmm. I can't produce the same amount of work from day to day, it's just not possible because just as you said, we're riding that roller coaster of emotion. And so on the amazing days, I'm going to be so productive and like on top of the world, so much output. On the low days, I'm going to just take care of the basics and get done what I need to get done, but not set the bar too high where I'm having to like drag myself along to do it because I like myself too much to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my goodness. I could have this conversation with you all day. Let's um, do it. I love it. Let's do it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I already am among the, the privileged that get to hear lots of you through your podcast and through your coaching mm. community. How can we find out more about you out there in the world? I love it. Okay. So I host the I Have ADHD podcast. So you can find that wherever you find your podcasts. And um, I have a coaching community called Focused. And if you are an adult with ADHD or you suspect you might have ADHD, you can go looking for that over at IHaveADHD.com. Check it out. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Cool. Such a gift to be able to chat with you today. I love just getting to have a chance to share your Mm -hmm. wisdom with the world. Thank you so much. It is an honor to be on your podcast. It is an honor to coach you. I absolutely love having you as a part of our community. And I'm just really glad to be here today. Makes me so happy. I could have, like I said, I could have these conversations all day long. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. Hmm. What a delight it is to speak with so many great people. Kristen Carter, I really uh, invite you to check out her podcast, Really Fun Things. Even if you don't identify as ADHD, just some really great things in there, as you can hear from that conversation. And if there was anything in this conversation that you heard today in the podcast Would you share it with a friend? Would you take a moment to rate the show and comment? It really does help to continue to get this self-kindness word out there in the world. What a world would we see when we're all embracing these ideas of self-kindness and self-acceptance? Imagine the leaders of our world having a gentle self-acceptance practice. 
Hmm. Well, I'm glad you're here. You are so worthy of the kindness that's already in you. And I invite you to notice. Be gentle with you. Have a great week. I'll leave you with this song. See you next week. Hey, Self-Kindness with Pete listener. If you're feeling stuck, thinking too much, unable to control emotions, feeling challenges at work or in relationships, maybe you're feeling out of sorts. That self-talk is ramping up and constantly negative. If you've done personal work in the past but still don't feel like you're living that potential, your potential, living a big, fearless, purposeful, and peaceful life, then you got to sign up for my self-kindness coaching. Self-kindness coaching is my monthly one-on-one coaching where I'm going to teach you how to know your mind and to create the life you've always wanted. Don't be fooled into thinking because it has kindness in the title that it's not insanely effective. Actually, the opposite is true. You know, just like every person who speaks in this podcast, massive change in the world begins within us. That's why this coaching, self-kindness coaching, is so effective and efficient because it goes directly to the cause. No matter what work you've done in the past, my self-kindness coaching is for you and will change your life. Go to petesibley.com coaching for more info or click the link in the show notes. And can't wait to hear from you. Woman is all I can see. Let us live and be giving, and all is forgiven. The wall is coming down.